If you guys are ready for the next panel discussion, can I get a year? Are you guys having a good time? All right, all right. Carrying on our conversation on ways in which artists can break through in 2021 and beyond, we have Love Renaissance on the stage. Make some noise. We have Ms. Erica Montes, Head of Artist Relations and Development at SoundCloud. We have Yaz Britt, Senior Manager and A&R at SoundCloud. We have Tunde Balligan, Co-Founder and President of Love Renaissance. We have Junya Abadou, Co-Founder in Operations and Touring. We have Carlin Raymond, Co-Founder, Creative Director for Love Renaissance. I need y'all to wave a little bit so they can know who y'all are. <laughs> we have Justice Batten, Co-Founder and Head of A&R in Love Renaissance. And we have Sean Famoso, co-founder and head of marketing at Love Renaissance. If you guys are ready for a dub conversation, can I get a year? All right, let's get it going. Year. Check, 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 check. Check, check. Thanks, Portia. Um, Damn, didn't give me a mic. Can we get a mic for Yaz, please? Yeah. We got it? I got it. I'm good. I'm good. Yes. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. We're, I'm super excited to have you guys here. Yes. Um, you all are just, to me, changing this music industry for the better, and I'm super excited to have you here. We have this audience of, like, creators, future creators, managers. I just kind of want to go around and just, like, tell us a little bit of what you all do. We'll start with you. Sure. Um, Thank you guys for being here, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we're a, a record label management company and publishing company. Uh, we specialize in telling stories for artists, um, telling their brand stories, helping them create the best music they can, helping them um, you know, establish the best business that they can. And I think that we just try to find and identify talent that really resonates with us and with stories that we feel comfortable telling or feel, we feel like need to be told. And we try to key in on that and, and make sure it reaches the masses as best as we can. Yo, but June, what do you do specifically? That was it? My bad, okay. <laughs> you know, you, you are five co-founders, right? Yep. So you have all very different positions. So mm -hmm. like, you know, what do you do is like, uh, you know, in your position. Right, okay, cool. So I run operations and touring, and so on the touring side, it's the strategy of putting together, um, you know, the, the execution of live shows, what shows are important to do versus what are not as important based on the artist and their individual brand, um, you know, the, crea the creative of whatever they're trying to get across with the music, making sure that that is displayed on stage, and then operationally, it's the a lot of the budgeting, a lot of the um, logistics of how our company operates. Yes, you are. Once again, my name is Tunde. 
Um, as president, I pretty much to the position that sometimes I gotta step up, sometimes I have to step back. Um, you have to have true leadership, micro, macro strategy all the time, be prepared to put out fires, um, and ultimately just be the ultimate team player for my partners, just always looking out for them and making sure themselves and all the employees have everything they need to be successful and great. Can y'all hear us, by the way? No? Can y'all turn us up a bit? And turn the blender off in the back. I want to make sure y'all can hear what we're talking about. And also, at any time, if it gets boring and y'all want to ask some questions, feel free. We want to make sure y'all get what y'all want out of this. It's an open, it's an open forum, forum right? Open forum. But justice. Um, OK, so I'm Justice, AKA Justice Wears Cool Pants, AKA the black Bobby Brown, even though Bobby Brown's already black, <laughs> AKA the black Eric Cartman. Um, okay, so at Love Renaissance, what I do is I'm the head of A&R, but I mean, for me, A&R is just a word, right? I like to really consider myself as a glue um, for the talent and really just helping them feel comfortable, helping them develop, um, helping them find their confidence, right? But also just to push them. Um, you know, I, I feel like when you are working with talent, especially talent with a lot of potential, you have to really kind of just be like that mean African father in the back, just like, you know, hey man, you can do better, or hey, you know, that was good, but that was a B, why is it not an A? That type of vibe. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what I do. Yo, uh, Sean. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the head of marketing is really more like narrative design. You know, like Junior said earlier, we're really, really big on telling stories on the behalf of the artists or helping them to tell their stories. And, you know, at the end of the day, like a body of work when it comes to music is really just like the soundtrack. So everything that we create outside of the soundtrack is the world to allow people to really fall in love with the artists outside of just the music. So um, within a company, you know, I, I, I help put together the rollouts so that you know, anytime that an artist releases a project, there's something to really connect to. Um, we try to cause as much trouble as we can. We try to put as many things on fire as we can, and then tune it helps you know put them out. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like my job is kind of you know the the one with the least amount of rules, and it's a, it's, it's kind of fun to to really be able to like you know push the boundaries of what's what gets people excited nowadays. Um, yeah, my name is Carlin, so I'm uh, officially, um, you know, co-founder and creative director of the company. Um, so basically what I do on a day-to-day -day is like everything visually that you see from the artists, um, whether it comes to like videos, artwork, styling, um, you know, websites, um, just everything. And it's like, you know, basically my job is, you know, to take the ideas that um, artists may have um, and execute them and push them um, and introduce them to new things. Um, you know, like the biggest thing that the guys are kind of saying is like at LVRN, we, um, we are narrative storytellers and it's important for, for me and for, you know, the artists I work with, I want to create a world for each of them and that world should be different, um, not only, you know, just for them, but for separating them from the other artists on the label, but also, also all the other artists in the world. Like, you know, it's, it's important for me to 
have like, you know, I always say like when you go on YouTube and you search like Summer Walker type beat, black type beat, it's because they have an aesthetic um, that people recognize and people resonate with. Um, and it's important for me that each of our artists kind of have that. And so, you know, that's mainly what I do. So round of applause for the team. <laughs> so, I mean, speaking of team, you guys are a real team, you know, um, how did you guys pick the roles that you guys wanted to actually be in as a group, right? So it's kind of hard, especially with like artists and, you know, people that want to start a label, everybody wants to be that CEO, that president, but like, how did you guys come together and actually choose the respective roles that you guys found yourself, that you guys find yourselves in now? Um, I mean, really it was like, it, it's kind of crazy how it's all, it was kind of natural in the sense of, you know, what I'm interested in was, you know, from the creative side of things and filmmaking and stuff like that, and that was my talent. Um, obviously, Justice being like the very like music-centric person. So I mean, like I, uh, in general, like it didn't. I don't think there was ever a time to where like we sat and we chose roles for each other. We kind of like, you know, from the early stages of us doing our our first rollouts and videos, like we're all kind of like helping on everything, and we just naturally saw, you know, the the interests and the strengths that each of each other has and the kind of like the, the jobs came after the fact. Um, so I don't know if that explains it all. Yeah, that, that explains it. it. It was, we looked at each other's strengths and we moved based off of that. You know, I think you already said that, but that's how I interpreted it also. Who, who oh. met first? You all met at Georgia State, right? Who met each other first? Was there? I mean, it's a trick question, right? Because. <laughs> Because Sean and Tunde knew each other in high school. Me and okay. Junior knew each other in high school. Um, and I met Carl in my freshman year. So, I mean, I don't know. It yeah. just kind of came together. Yeah, we, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, do you all have any mentors that you look up to? And who, who are they? I know. Well, I mean, I graduated from YouTube University. So, <laughs> all my mentors were like my figment of my imagination until now, today. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a few, um, you know, just growing up in Atlanta, elementary school, middle school, high school, coming on up, me watching Ludacris and DTP in my bedroom, ended up interning for them, was really important for me. Um, Ray Daniels, who's one of the top executives at Warner right now. Rico Brooks, who's a manager, legend in the city. That's really like my like core of people who I really came up with. And still to this day, still mentor me. Same as Tunde's, literally. Um, yeah, I, and I guess- And honestly also, SoundCloud. <laughs> honestly, coming on up, like that's where you found music so besides just people finding music seeing how the trends change over time seeing what comes up you know it was really influential to be honest yeah. i was just about to ask y'all how do you find artists right like any one of you can find artists like who makes the final decision anyone can bring an artist in where do you find them <laughs> um how do we find art it's, i mean it's a trick question right because you know for me for me, um, I love to see people in person, right, just to kind of make sure it's the real deal. But the artist discovery process has been always different, you know, for, from every artist that came around. Like, 
like Tunde was saying, SoundCloud was very instrumental, right, in terms of finding new things and also, you know, social media. But more importantly, it's really just, man, just being open. Like, I feel like today I still listen to everything, right? Everything that's sent to me, I listen to it. If it makes it into my inbox, I listen to it. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of who makes a decision, we all have to be passionate about it, right? Because it's not gonna work if we're not passionate about it because every, everybody is super important to the process of the artist, um, the artist development process. So everybody has to kind of really love it. And if they don't love it and I love something or, they, or Tune loves somebody or Sean loves something, then it's on us to just like make them love it, right? And just super sell them and yeah. So. But, but to, to be honest, like, I think that's something that we learned because there's been times that we've signed artists in the past or started to work with artists in the past that we saw a future for, but it took us time to realize not every artist's future is with us. And we can be super in love with a part of an artist, but if it's not supposed to be at LVRN, we've kind of now figured out how to filter that process so we know exactly what's for us, what artists should be incubated by us, what artists could be groomed by us, but not everything is meant to be with us. And that's something that we had to learn over time. Is that from the label side or is that from the management side? Or is that oh, just- I, I mean, it, it, in this sense, it's really one and the same. Um, just because, you know, not every artist needs the same things. Um, I mean, I, th I think you can be a little bit more acrobatic from the management side of things, um, but nonetheless, um, you know, Taylor Swift is a huge artist, and in theory, what I want to have a Taylor Swift, cool, until you get one and you realize what you would do for her is not what she needs to get done. So I think that's, again, something that we've learned over time. So, so I think once you guys actually find that artist, what's the... What's the step-by-step -step process for that artist coming into LVRN? I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be step-by-step. I know y'all want to keep the, keep the sauce, you know. It's that LVRN boot camp, to be honest. It's a lot. Um, and I want to even go back to a point that just was brought up about, like, being passionate. Like, if you're an artist, manager, or anything in music, always put your best foot forward. You never know who's looking, who's watching, who's listening. And, you know, we, we see a, a lot of times that, like, just because an artist has dope music, they think that's it. I'm good if that's what you think it takes to get to the top. Because that's one of the most important pieces, if not. But when you put out the music, what's next? And if you're not willing to put in the work, thought, effort and really notice where you need to improve on, it's not gonna work out. So for us, it takes many steps to fully get our commitment because let's keep it real, if you're really breaking an artist worldwide, so you're spending like half a million to a million dollars. So if I'm putting that money into you, I have to really believe that you're gonna go the distance. Not when I call you to come do something that's gonna take you 30 minutes, you say I'm tired. If I get that once, I'm out. It's, it's done, like it's, it's done. And if you lose me, you still got four other people, but it kind of goes in, a, in effect. <laughs> so I, I'll just say that. In LVRN, we have something called backwards momentum. 
I'm not going to explain it. I'm not but, but to Tunde's point, though, it's like a lot of those things that we expect when we're investing in the artists is, you call it boot camp, it really is. We're big on artist development. So in the very beginning stages, we're putting together like the seeds of like what your brand is going to be, what story you're going to be telling. Um, do you need to be in with a vocal coach, with a stage coach? Uh, the recording process is really, really in-depth, and it takes a long time for us to solidify what the, what the music is going to be. So like, we're very intentional from the start. So it's like, to Tunde's point, if the artist, the artist has to be in it from the start with us and, and be a part of the process that we're eventually trying to get to, you know? And I mean, I'll just add, um, it is sort of like the, a newer thing that we've um, introduced um, into like, you know, 2019, later half, but we have um, started a mental health division of our label as well. Um, we have like an onboard therapist um, who, you know, talk to all of us, all of our artists, all of our staff. Um, and, you know, I think it's been important for us because we've definitely seen the benefit, especially in the artists, of like them getting to know themselves, um, getting to talk through all of their traumas and their past anxieties and stuff. And, you know, um, we've had, you know, more notable artists that have had public issues with, with um, anxiety and stuff like that. And, you know, we wanted to make it a, a big point of like, you know, that is a real human condition. Um, not even like it being uh, a mental health issue, but just in general, just like therapy is needed, everyone. Um, so, you know, it's been a real stigma, especially in the black community about, you know, therapy being something that's for crazy people or whatever. But like, you know, I, I could definitely attest to myself, like it just helps you um, better cope with, you know, yourself and, and your interaction with other people. So like, you know, that's another step that we've added to you know, the onboarding with, with new artists and stuff. It's just like, you know, go find, you know, you have to go. Um, mental health is just like, it's important. And so you have to like take care of that factor as well, so. No, that's real. Seriously, round of applause for even taking care of that. Because I, I've grown up in this music industry and I can't remember a time when anyone really talked about it. And it's been really in the past like five years that we've even started discussing it and that people start discussing it with artists. I can't tell you how many artists I've seen in their careers that could have really used it. And so thank you, seriously. Um, sure. So the sense of community is huge for us at SoundCloud. You know, we, we talk about like building a loyal fan base. How important is it to you when you when you sign an artist, whether it's management, you know, um, the label, for an artist to come in with a community, like with a built-in community? Anyone? I, it's funny. You, you say community and you say SoundCloud. We actually used to do this thing, and we've started doing it again. It's called the community push. And what the community push was, anytime we had an artist, especially our earlier acts, put out a piece of music we would get all of our homies within our community that were also artists, and we would also bring the records onto their platform. So it would not only be on Big Crits, it would be on Rory's, it would be on Black's, it would be on Summer's, and they'll get the benefit of being in everybody's community. And then we would do the same for their artists, and their artists, and their artists. So naturally, we were kind of like spreading the message of new music to a world bigger than what our artists had at the time, and kind of building that back and forth. And I think that in itself is just like the ethos of like who we are as a company. 
Because at the end of the day, we know that it takes a village to raise an artist. Like, no one person can do it. It, it, it literally does not work. And, um, you know, I guess just to the benefit of just us as a label, making sure that we have an identity itself so that any artist that signs to the label isn't starting from ground zero, they're starting from a point of view that kind of already comes with what we've done in our past. It's almost like, I remember growing up and if Kanye signed an artist, you're already knowing that you're gonna go listen to that artist because Kanye signed them in it. Whatever Kanye feels about this artist, you naturally feel that you wanna feel too. And I feel like as a, as a company, we've, a, we've been able to start to grow that same level of passion about what we have going on so that any artist attached to it has that sense of community built into it and uh, can benefit from it. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> no, great. So, I mean, I guess we could jump into what everybody is really, really excited for, what you guys do all the time, right? Your artist rollouts are always incredible. Um, I think I watched recently the uh, Black Tag documentary that you guys had, right? And um, one of the things that I noticed that you had said right from the jump, uh, Sean specifically, and uh, you said that everybody usually talks about their successes, right? And no one really seeks to talk about the things that they might have failed on. Um, I think for the audience here, a lot of people hear a lot of the same things about everybody kind of being successful and hearing you know, what works and what doesn't work. I think what I wanted to hear from you guys is like, even based on some of the rollouts you guys have done with like Summer and what you've done with Black, like what are the things that you guys might have done differently um, on the Over It campaign from the, from the first album with Summer, or what was the, you know, some of the things you guys might have done differently with, with Bear, um, with some of his release? Uh, I mean, just to, just to be brief, I think the main thing that we've learned over the past is that the core of any amazing idea is free. The only thing that should make the idea, the only thing that money should do is be able to make the idea magnified but the core of any amazing idea you should be able to do for free because I remember the first time we got a little bit of money to be able to go and do some shit, we fucked it up because we thought the money was gonna make the idea, but in reality, we traded out what would have been the resourcefulness that we should have had um, for the idea that throwing money on top of it can make it better. But I mean, I think just in general with all of our rollouts, like especially in the last couple of years and especially during COVID, we still wanted to find a way to attack like all five senses, you know, touch, taste, smell, sight. And if you can do things and even give people tangible, like right now, literally as we're speaking, we have Summer's hard drive somewhere in little five points getting the shit beat out of it because we want, people want to get the album and we want to give them the album. So like we have people on foot getting a fan experience, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like people are miss, uh, missing the goal by thinking that the internet is the only thing that you need nowadays in order to get people to connect. So I think as a company, like we, we, we really just believe in making sure that we're pulling on the heartstrings of fans and potential fans in order to get things started. And then with the five senses, like let's dive in that, like if you want to expand upon that, just for the audience. So what are the five senses and then how does that correlate into your strategies? Um, I mean, Think of like sometimes you you can think about it as like when you get sent to ad on Facebook or when you get sent to ad on Instagram, and it might have been a pair of shoes that you were talking about, and you kind of scroll by, you're like, damn, that's kind of funny. I was just talking about those shoes. 
You see it a second time, you see it a third time, you finally click it. When you click it, now you just opened yourself out because now you're going to see it on YouTube. Now you're going to see it here. And then a week goes by, you see that same shit. You see it again. And that day that you finally buy the shoes, they won. But the whole point is they were attacking you from so many different ways that you were psychologically just getting it programmed more and more. So our whole thing is very similar, just in different ways. It's like we want to remind you in so many different facets that you should fall in love with this artist, you should fall in love with this song, and do it over and over and to the point that when you finally hear the music, you've already been primed to like it. You don't even know why you're already liking it, but we gave you all the recipe in order to give us the best chance for you to fall in love with the record, and more importantly, fall in love with the artist. So what is your, the way, you know, the way that I think labels have thought in the past is like you go for first week, right? But do you all change your mindset once post-release? Is there a mindset pre-release and what's the mindset post-release? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the project because like, you know, and, and yes, I think there is a, there is a pre-rollout that we have for pre-album and then after album's out is another thing. And, and like, you know, we can take uh, an album like over it for example, um, and kind of explain that. And so like, you know, relatively, someone was relatively popping at that point. She wasn't as huge as, as she was after the album. And so, you know, a lot of the pre-roll ideas were building anticipation for um, someone that you've heard of, but not necessarily, she's not a star yet. So it's like, it's certain ideas to where it's like, you know, I feel like we had the, the phone booth sort of thing. You see, you see cool activations um, and you see her, you see, a select group of fans, like her, um, her niche crowd, interacting, and now you see it on the internet, and you see wild things. It's like, hmm, let me check out this girl. Um, and also, we knew going into that project, you know, um, there the, the large conversation around Summer's name was about her anxiety, um, and so we wanted to publicly do a lot of like activations, um, sort of like in support of practices and and what people are doing um, on, on on that side of things. So we had like. You know, we had like a rage room, um, where's where like you go to a certain room and break a bunch of shit um, to relieve stress. And so like we had that going out in London, and we had a different. So we're attacking different um, different sides of your outlook on summer. And after the album's out, and everyone loves it. There's like now you kind of know, you know, what the story was about, even going in with the album. So like our post um, album kind of um, activations more surrendered around the story of actually like you know what she talked about in the album and and kind of like expressing now, now you know this, now you're hearing the music, now we gotta fill you in about this artist. And so there's a lot more just like Summer Walker focused narrative stuff that we're pushing out out of them. And like, you know, we take, we kind of take that approach with everyone's, with everyone's project. So yeah, there's definitely like a pre-release and a post-release kind of strategy. So, so what's, what's next for LVR? And like, how are you guys expanding the reach of the brand, uh, which then translates into the reach for even just the developing acts? Are there any new uh, verticals that you guys might be looking at um, that you guys could speak to specifically? Um, as far as expanding, um, one thing that's always big with expanding is the infrastructure. So, you know, over the past few years, um, we've really invested in that as far as like staff and whatnot, and now we're moving into more like real infrastructure. We purchased a pretty significant building here in Atlanta, um, a new one. It'll be uh, the new Love Renaissance Global Headquarters. I say global because it just pretty much paints the picture for our future. Like, we say we're 
global company now we are, and now we're about to make it really known. And then also in Los Angeles, we bought another significant building also that uh, is two floors that will have a studio and offices because we're going to have staff over there also. Plus, you know, as far as LA, it's really important to songwriters and producers. And we also launched our publishing company. Um, so we're going to be pushing that forward pretty heavy. And I think two key areas for us are Europe and uh, Africa, of course. So we'll be going into there. So there's a bunch of exciting stuff coming on up. That's fire. Um, what are the artists that you guys are excited about the most, I would say, coming out? I know you played a couple of songs like for artists that you guys were releasing in Q4. Can you guys hear me? Oh, what about now? Okay. <laughs> I was asking, what artists are you guys excited about the most uh, coming into 2022 out of the new developing artists that you guys have? He's right over there, actually. I don't have any favorite kids. Come on, bro. <laughs> I ain't got no favorite children. <laughs> uh, no, we have a lot of new acts. Um, I saw Eli, one of our, our, our newest artists. Um, Eli Derby um, from, from PG oh, he's, County. He's fire, by the way. Uh, thank he's you. Cool. Yeah, no, he's amazing. So, yeah, he'll tell you about the Elvira boot camp that he's been having to go through. Um, but, no, we have a lot of amazing talent. Um, Kitty Cash, uh, uh, an amazing producer uh, from New York, who's, uh, she just put out a record, um, I want to say, a couple weeks ago with Keanu Day. Um, fire. Yeah. Was there anybody else? <laughs> North Ave <Let's> Jacks. <laughs> No, without Jax. Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a lot of like new expanding talent. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Dope. so I, I do want to. Do you want to open it up at this time for questions? Yeah, we want to make sure we get your questions. But can I ask one last question? Uh -huh. What is your favorite album of 2021 so far? Or maybe we haven't heard it yet. Still over it, my Summer Walker. Okay. Hasn't come out yet. But <laughs> yeah, it's still unreleased. Um, but it didn't come out in 2021, but WizKid is still, album is still probably the best album that's still running right now. It's incredible. Um, of 2021. Uh, some people don't like it, but I mean, James Blake just dropped. I really like that album. Um, Tyler, the creator was really fire. That's all I could think of right now, but yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie, Summer's album is fire, so yeah, <laughs> still over it. Heat. I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> Two weeks. Two weeks. Um, they, to me? What, okay. We talking to people or no? I think we, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you guys for coming up here, for sharing Definitely, your story. Definitely, thank you. And now we'll get to questions. All right, guys, we're gonna open it up to the floor. If you have some questions, please come next to me. Who's missing a mic? No, we're doing like three of y'all. So don't be mad. What's going on? What's going on? What's uh, up, bro? I go by the name of Mozzie. First and foremost, I want to say I really appreciate what y'all are doing as a label because 
all the acts that y'all have, you know, are like quality, quality, quality music. And Thank as you. a label, you know, usually they think about the money and y'all make sure y'all put out really good product. So to that point, um, you know, I know the artists that y'all worked with in the past and working with currently, the Roy's, um, Summers, Black, you know, they seem like similar to me, very laid back, you know, not really in your face, dye hair, gimmick, you feel me, chains on, shit like that. So as, like, I want to get into y'all's psyche, right? And the strategy that y'all have, the step-by-step -step process that goes into um, marketing and pushing and establishing a brand for artists that are more so about quality music and not so much about the gimmick? That's a great question. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, we don't, we don't create marketing plans out of thin air, you know, so like a, a lot of it is monitoring you and spending time with you and honestly figuring out what your strengths are, what's special about you and finding a way to magnify that. Like, you know, Summer doesn't speak that much. All right, cool. So we went and got our hard drive and made it a hard drive talk all the shit. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we figure out what your strengths are, what is unique about you, and then we figure out how to, you know, encapsulate it and give it to the world so that you don't have to be anything besides yourself. Granted, there's times that you should be pushed to, to being uncomfortable and finding your space in that and space to grow. But we're not in the business of forcing people to do things. We're in the business of, you know, seeing the reflection of something and, you know, trying to, trying to give it to the rest of the world. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, try and rap for y'all and then, but, you know, while, while I got y'all up here, I just want to get y'all one card, you feel me, with the QR motherfucker, dig? Thank you, bro. It, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. Hello, uh, I go by Nolo, and I was wondering, uh, is breaking an artist a subjective thing, or is like, is there like a, is there a set rule to know when the artist is broken, or is like, is it subjective, like depending on how somebody, uh, like the goal that they're going for, is that subjective, or is there like a? That's a good question. I never even thought about that. I mean, I will say it is, it, it is subjective, right, because you know, you don't have to be the biggest artist in the world to have a very good business, right? Um, for me, it really just is, it goes into how much money I put into you versus how much money we made, right? So, yeah, it's subjective, because you can sell two million albums worldwide, but if I spent $10 million on your album, we lost, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I also, I'll just, I'll just add, it's just like, to your point, it's just like, you know, no artist is the same. So like, you know, you're gonna have an artist that wants to be Michael Jackson, or, um, you know, I, I know there's like a, the, the, as far as like, um, like Tech 9 is another artist that's just like, has a, he's rich as fuck, has an amazing career, but he's not necessarily a global talent or like a global kind of out artist. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's subjective because, you know, each artist is gonna be subjective. What do you want out of the game? Do you wanna be like in Tokyo performing certain shit or do you wanna be comfortable? and be able to afford things for you and your family and take care of your family. So it's just like, as much as, you know, the goals of each artist is gonna be subjective, um, it's gonna reflect how, like, you know, their, what their breaking point is or what can consider, I guess, them breaking. I appreciate it, that, that was it. Hi, Hi how are y'all? Hey, I'm what's Deja. up, what's up? Um, my question is, you were talking earlier about leadership, and I wanna know what are the best qualities for being a leader? 
and like, what's the main thing you um, want to portray to people who want to be leaders in the music industry? Say the second half again. The best qualities for being a leader in um, the music industry, what are they? Um, the first one is gotta be selfless. Um, it's really not about you, it's about the team. Um, you really have to know everybody, whether it's, it's your partner, staff, highest person to the lowest. Think very outside the box. Be very open to criticism. Um, you can't be a leader if you want to dish it out, but you can't take it. Um, and I think those are probably like the key ones. And you said something else after that. Um, I said like, what else did I say? I think it was like just being in the music industry, like how do you be a leader for all, like the rest? Like how do you show your leadership throughout um, everybody else in the industry? Like how do you stand above um, that? I mean, I will say that just because I'm president, like mm -hmm. we're all leaders in our own right because we lead a whole team of 25 people plus the artists. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing with leadership is vision. Okay. Leaders have to have a vision. Middle management staff and everything carry out that vision. So as a company, we have a vision. Mm -hmm. And an individual, we have a vision. But my job mostly is making sure we stay on course with the company's vision that we keep up with. Okay. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. No problem. We have time for two more questions. I love y'all. Sorry. Hey, what's going on, y'all? My name is Mams. I'm an artist manager. Um, and really quickly, um, I noticed Front Face and LVRN looks like, you know, a, a label that's front-facing with all males, but I'm not lost on the fact that y'all are hiring very powerful women. You know, Amal, you're adding Alex Vaughn to the roster. Uh, so my question is, does LVRN have a commitment to cultivating uh, more younger executives and adding them, uh, you know, helping or creating any type of programs or l pathway to bringing younger executives up? Um, we've made a commitment with ourselves there's no program, but what I will say is that I believe over time we've been very great at looking at ourselves and knowing things that we have to correct or be better at. And we saw that it's five men that have a company. We need to have women, but not women in, as an assistant, but women in positions of power that can make decisions and, and have the type of power that we have. And we've intentionally did it many times over. Um, so I know if that answer your question, but you know, you just put an idea in my head that we should have some type of well, program or something. Well, well um, we're actually working on a, like a LVR Red Masterclass as Patreon. So sooner or later, there'll be like a subscription version of being able to, you know, get some of the, you know, the knowledge that we've accumulated over the years, so. And lastly, I'll just add, you know, in the past we've had an intern program that kind of ran through our studio. Um, and then we shut down our studio in Atlanta for a little while and COVID happened, so there was a little break. But as we get back into the studio, that's something we're definitely intentional about and in in trying to grow, you know what I mean? I think one thing that we also do pretty consistently is, you know, people that have been interns or assistants, um, you know, tend to grow within our company. We're, we're very good about, um, developing talent that we notice from the beginning. Um, one of our old studio managers is here. He's like 
one of the higher ups in the A&R department, Naj in the back over there. So we're very intentional about trying to help people grow, but we, but we also know that we have room to grow a program like that, so yeah. That's an important note though. Everybody kind of maybe shies away from interning because it's paid or unpaid. Like when it comes down to it, people don't care if your internship was paid or unpaid. They care about did you get that experience? So I'll say that like don't let ego and sometime keep you from a blessing. Really go out there and get it if you really want it. How you guys doing? How you guys doing? My name is Kay Ume, Kenny Ume. I am from California. I'm an artist, a rapper, a singer, and songwriter. And I wanted to come over here just to really take a chance and an opportunity to see what um, you guys have going. Uh, I'm looking for management as well. I, I have like a three-part question. Um, really, what do you feel like uh, the industry sound is? Um, the new generation sound and what's coming up in the future? And then uh, to approach record labels, anybody can answer this, but this is really for Tunde and uh, Justice. Uh, to approach record labels, what is the, as an end of, could I speak up a little? To approach record, sorry about that. To approach record labels as an independent artist. I've been trying to work with record labels and approach record labels for a while. I said, what is the plan and what's the best opportunity for an artist, uh, the best plan for an artist to approach the label solely um, independently? Um, so that, that's, that's one oh, question. It's a, the the <laughs> question's in. I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to remember it. You, you might want me to like, answer that. Um, to approach record labels, my advice to you is don't. Seriously. Right, you guys Spend are, you guys time living. building your craft, building your community. Okay. I know it feels like you need somebody or you have to go reach out to somebody, but one thing that people do appreciate, um, speaking for us specifically, um, we believe in matching somebody's energy halfway. Right? So if you're spending your time trying to get my attention, it's taking away from you building your one-on-one -on -one time with your fans and your community. So don't waste time trying to chase A&Rs, bro. It's literally a waste of time. Okay. Um, that's the first part. What was the? The, the second part was, what it, what, as, a group, as, a, as a group, what are you looking for in an artist to entail? Like, what, is, uh, uh, what do you want to, uh, an artist to usually encapsulate? as a new upcoming, upcoming artist? Um, I think the most important thing for me personally is a point of view. Okay, okay. I think a point of view is what makes an artist original, right? Um, if, you, if I know exactly where you're coming from, um, it helps me identify, like if you think about Drake, for example, right? When people would be like, oh yeah, it sounds like some Drake shit. It's because he has a, he has a specific point of view. And to be, to be an artist that matters in music, you're gonna have to have that specific point of view. Okay. To, but to answer your question, what's the future of the sound, if I told you that, that was it. why? Why would I tell you that? Why, don't, you say, why, do you why would tell I you? tell you what the future sound of music is? Uh, um, I feel like everybody has a different perception on- It was a rhetorical question, by the way. sound is, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking I'm, with I'm, you. I'm going for you, like, what, what, do you, what do you feel like the future of music is and the future of the industry sound? Because there's a sound and then there's an industry sound. What's happening right now, the industry sound, what it used to be auto-tuned in this. It, I mean, I think it's, it's just going to go this. back to emotions, right? Oh, okay, I think people okay. want to feel again. Yeah. So I think it's really going to go back to artists that are authentic in their emotions. Okay. 
That's it. Okay, so it's more a passionate, it's not a sound, it's more a passionate, passion and you got that? We got the studio in a minute. But that's subjective, though. And yeah. I think Justice might have said this earlier, but it's like the sound is whatever is, 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 is true to uh -huh. you. So it's like it's something that's really strange to me, at least, but not strange to younger kids, is like some of the, the shit that's like really picking up the most steam is the most lo-fi, non-mixed, raw shit. But it's like, is that the sound? Or is it Olivia Rodrigo, who's like way more polished, they both have their space. So it's whatever's true to the artist, you know? Okay. Thank you. Like I said, my name Thank is Kay Ume. I'll probably link with you guys after. Thank you. All right, bro. Give it up for Love Renaissance.